Hi, Reddy. Jason, thanks for joining us. There's nothing better than getting a text from your esteemed co-host saying, the dog walk went a little long, <laughs> as if that's if that's a good excuse for being a couple minutes late for uh, our recording session. Yeah, well, that's my bad. Um, we <laughs> we ended up going a little bit longer. We wanted to put it was chilly out, so we were able to really push it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when it's too hot out, it'll get the dogs will get a little fucked up. And also, I'm sorry, I'm a little mentally out of it because. I spelled Avery Truffleman wrong on the episode yesterday. I think it's still, I think you corrected it and now it's still wrong. Is that possible? I'm learning that right now. Avery just texted <laughs> me, so we can do this in real time. Do you know how to spell her name? Because I don't. I believe it's T R U F E L M A N. Truff L Man. Got it. This is the magic. It's happening right now. Episode updated. Um, Jason, my dear friend, my name is still misspelled. I am so sorry. I am telling you, Ellis Island really wanted me to suffer. I'm recording how long gone right now. And I just made the change in real time. It will be on the show on Friday. I'm so sorry. Well, I'm glad we're letting people in a little a little peek behind the curtain. Peek behind the, the sausage curtain. Gets, the sausage gets made. And basically the way the sausage gets made is Jason messes up and then the public tells him so, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, obviously this is a small error and, and Jason works hard for his money. Um, but in the age we live in, you have to be publicly shamed uh, for a spelling error. So thank you guys for all for letting us know. <laughs> Avery Avery did not publicly shame. Avery had a clever response. No, no, nobody nobody shamed me at all. But I think you know when it is a hard thing to breach. I guess not a hard thing to breach. But when somebody has spelled your name wrong on something, it's kind, you know that's public facing, and then corrects it incorrectly yeah that's it's not great you know i think i think you have a right to be like hey you spelled my name wrong and i think it's really sweet and nice and considerate when people are like i'm so sorry to do this i'm sorry sorry i bug you but you spelled my name wrong." for me it's just like bro you spelled my shit wrong change it and then they're the ones who should be sorry i think her name has probably been misspelled her whole life is my guess which is a which is unfortunate and i think that but there's a lot of people that like post you know all the times their name is misspelled in emails <laughs> and it's like bro what are you trying to like <laughs> fuck you yeah that's oh yeah, i guess is the, is the the final form or the bottom of that barrel posting your incorrectly spelled starbucks cup like that's when you yeah when when there's a slow news day it's like tyga had lunch with bad baby <laughs> Uh, but when it's a slow life day, you're like, maybe uh, they spelled Stephanie with uh, two Fs instead of one. Oh, I need to post this, add a filter to it, tag, yeah. you know, hashtag Starbucks cup problems. If you think you're going to get a, a free, uh, you know, cappuccino out of the Starbucks Corporation because an employee at store number 16906667 made a mistake on your on your order. You're sadly mistaken, and and any any employee that's being paid that little to make that drink for you does not deserve to be shamed in any way. Even if you don't put their, even if you don't, you know, tag them or they don't ever know, you know. Starbucks Starbucks pays their employees super well, Chris. Don't you? Say not that? well enough, bro. No one can pay. No one can pay me enough to to fucking you know put croissants in a convection oven at four in the morning no one can pay chris enough but shout out to all of our essential workers who do work at spotify who say i mean (laughs) who do work at starbucks who say you can pay me enough to do it because otherwise i'm living in my car anyway let's move on we're chris and i we're going to new york city tomorrow we have a classic chris black flight where (laughs) I'll be waking up at four in the morning. You didn't have to take the same flight as me, bro. If you're if you're not rise and grind, don't pretend to be. Like this is a lifestyle. Also, it's it's honestly better, and I think you know that deep down because it gets you into New York at a reasonable time where you still have a little bit. You can- there are I can I can admit to my, to you and my audience here that it it is nice to arrive into New York at at three p.m. You know, fight traffic and get into the city and check in your hotel around 5 p.m. <laughs> that is nice to do that. But is it worth 
waking up at four in the morning. Yeah, I'll get up. At, I mean, look, I get up at four in the. I mean, I get up at five. So getting up Chris, at unless there's unless there's a largemouth bass on the other end of that alarm clock, I don't really <laughs> like. There's four a.m. is is. I mean, I, I wake up at five thirty or something like that every day, and it's fine. But like. 4 a.m. is a little tough, but I mean, not for you. Four is, four is not great. Four is not great, but I'm used to it. And also, Jason, you're used to it, but you're an anomaly. You have to admit that. Yeah, no, for sure. But it's also like an East Coast thing, I think, because I'm communicating with people on the East Coast for business purposes. I like to have an hour to myself before I go see Hunter where I can respond to some emails that might have come in, you know, morning EST. So why don't you start waking up at 4 a.m. every day? Because that's 7 a.m. EST, right? If I do my math correctly, yeah, yeah, you did, and I would obviously like to do that, but I'm a pussy, and you know, we, I, it's, it's, I'm mm. m- much like He's I'm a trying pussy. to, I'm trying to do He's it. A I'll sleepy get there, I'll, little pussy, but I'm not really that worried about you getting up at four because you know, thanks to me, you're gonna have room to stretch out in the Delta One laydown cabin. Thank you so much for buying me a Delta One <laughs> flight, Chris. That was a cool gift, and. I got to say, it feels nice to open up the boarding pass on my Delta app, and it says row one. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's all you want. Some Princess Diaries type shit over here. Chris brought it to life. I don't even want to know how much you spent on this ticket, brother, man, but let's just say you did good. Money, money, Money's no object when it comes to my co-host and, and business partner. I need you relaxed and comfortable because you become an ornery little bitch if you don't, mm-hmm. if you aren't, mm-hmm. um, and I unfortunately have seen it. And if I can prevent that, it's better for this program and my wallet. <laughs> so don't think I'm doing this because I like you or care about you. It's strictly about money. Because you don't want me to turn into an ornery little bitch because it'll happen. <laughs> I'll go zero to bitch in 60 seconds. I can't have you going Karen in the Delta Lounge on my Amex. That's all I'm going to go Azalea mode if I don't get all, <laughs> <laughs> if I don't get everything I need. No, I mean, it's great because I will be able to enter our, our nice Delta One first class seat. My John and Vinny's fucking cookie will be ready to go for breakfast. And then uh, and then I will edit this episode that we're recording right now starting at 7, you know, maybe about 6, 6.20 a.m. tomorrow. Once you have those John and Vinny's curated bacon, you know, <laughs> on plane. John and Vinny's. Feel. I did not order John and Vinny's bacon. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. I don't know if I don't know if there's bacon. I, I there know, might I, be. I, could be I think I got a, a a cheesy scramble. I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, there's a cheesy scramble. Also, I want to say shout, shout out to Squirrel. Uh, we went yesterday, and I posted a picture, and and multiple people were like, "Oh, oh mold!" And I'm like, "What year is it, losers?" <laughs> well, I mean, it has nothing to me. It has nothing to do with me supports. Well, I guess it kind of goes back to the posting your uh, your misspelled Starbucks order. It's like. It's our reptile shitty brain of like, we see a picture of squirrel, you know, we didn't get enough attention as a child. So now we have to respond to Chris Black's Instagram post Mm -hmm. with uh, a a joke about mold that doesn't really deliver anything funny or new. And it's, it's kind of like when you make, um, when you make a nine 11 joke, we've talked about this before. You can do it. It just has to be a home run. So if you you can make a squirrel mold joke in 2022 January damn near February okay I mean sorry damn near March damn near it's March 2022 you can make a squirrel mold joke all you want just do it have it be a home run that's all you have to do you're not going to get a digital laugh out of me I'll tell you that right fucking now the, di- the day after squirrel mold happened I didn't even see a home run joke I made I made jokes about it none of them were home runs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And shout out to the guy who runs an Arcteryx Instagram page, <laughs> Arc Boys with a Z, maybe. He wanted to take a picture of me wearing an Arcteryx jacket, and he was wearing Insomniac brand uh, Jinko sweatpants in a kind of a green yellow lava lamp. Very cool. They were very, very they cool. were very cool. Um, and shout out to Insomniac. You guys are cool. Not as cool as Golden Voice. Jason, we do have a guest today. Yes, we do. We got uh, we got my man Matt. He's a uh, he's a cookbook author, writer. He does the, a, a food website called Taste Cooking. His new book, Food IQ, that he wrote with a guy named Daniel Holzman. 
is I believe it's out now. It's uh, 100 questions, answers, and recipes to raise your cooking smarts. So this is... Uh, Luckily, the publisher was kind of to send me a copy so I can start my cooking journey. I think this is the day that I finally understand what cast iron is. Well, let's give, uh, let's give Matt a Zoom, and we'll chat further. <laughs> Matt, look, thank, thank you for joining us, but why on earth would you ask Jason to blurb your book? Do you think that's going to actually help you sell some copies, or is this just a, <laughs> a, something you thought was like a nice little joke? Gentlemen, nice to be here. <laughs> I gotta say, them jeans, I mean, I was a fan of the stew. Mm-hmm. Smart man, smart Come man. Come on, I go back. I go back. No, Jason, I mean, I thought that he was, he kind of hits the the food, uh, you know, zeitgeist in a cool way. And and Jason, I just, I know you cook at home Mm because we're going to write that column for taste and I'm still waiting on that copy. Oh, I'm I'm a busy, (laughs) busy girl in podcast land. Don't worry, I'm still thinking about it, but I think I need to get an assistant who can do my recipe writing or something like that. I need an intern to kind of scribe down my measurements. I work in grams. You could ask Allison Roman. I'm sure she would help you out, Jason. That's what you need. But no, I think that I think that uh, I think Jason's a great choice. I'm only kidding, of course. Is he though? It went to his head a little bit. And as far as his food writing goes, you know, his his Substack is is dormant. You know, and the fans <laughs> the fans are upset about that. But I think after he got the Grub Street diet, Matt, he thought he could hang his jersey in the rafters, and he was done discussing food uh in in the written word you know it was whenever i have extra time i'm like maybe i'll write something uh but i just haven't had any extra time is the is the problem and then you know i'm just focusing on the pod and it takes up all my time so yeah i don't have any time to write unfortunately i mean for real like no no joke i like we talked about bon me for like i would say three or four texts and when we had that kind of disastrous meal of asalka which i want to talk about because i feel I feel pressure because that was bullshit, and it was on me to to to. to oh no! I mean don't that, worry. that the the cream cheese. Like, let's talk about the cream cheese, man. Wait, you guys, you guys went. To, wait, hold on. Did you guys go to Veselka before three a.m.? <laughs> First mistake. mistake. We went there for breakfast. Oh we for god, breakfast. you guys are fucking gross. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> now, Jay, I mean, I called it because I like I like the I like the blintzes, but Jason ordered a bagel because, like, <laughs> yo, it's New York, and like they brought out this tiny. Philadelphia cream cheese single serve and like Jason man I felt it was definitely cold it was definitely cold <laughs> like like you had the plastic <laughs> for a knife or some shit in there but I feel like <laughs> you I felt like bad I could have got a better bagel at the airport it felt that way I felt like I was about to go take you out for some sabra hummus at CVS afterwards like that's how bad <laughs> that shit was. I mean that's pretty rough to go to a a legendary New York institution and get uh, Philadelphia cream cheese in a single serve cup but also <laughs> I would I have to I have to blame Jason just a tad for ordering incorrectly you only get there's there's only certain things you get there I would I would assume yeah you're probably right you're probably right I don't go there it's gross I don't go to diner. Yeah. I don't go to diner type establishments. Uh, I just not for not for me. But I know that it's a it's a New York institution because it's famous for pierogies. Yeah. Uh, is is what my understanding is correct? Yeah, that's my guy. I like pierogies. I like blintzes. I'll get the burger once in a while. I think the three a.m. call is correct though. For like a quick breakfast meeting in the East Village, I used to live at Seventh and A, and like that was my spot because sidewalk was extremely gross. Um, so we couldn't go there. <laughs> That's true. I agree with you. As as an East Village resident, I'm yeah. I only go to Mogador really. Yeah, I, I can't. I don't. And Mogador is obviously gets very lit, so it's yeah. not quick most of the time. But during the week, it can be mellow. If you're if you're on a Tuesday morning, it's the hell mellow. are you guys talking about? Quit naming all these damn restaurants. I never heard of any of these places. No, Jason. Jason only wants to talk about South Beverly Grill and uh, no, 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 Mastro's no. Steakhouse. So <laughs> no, you know, no. Matt. Matt, I need to ask Matt, Jason, while we have another food expert and a and a voice in the space. Mm-hmm. How obnoxious are you, Matt? Like, can you go to a regular restaurant like a normal person and just <laughs> enjoy it, or are you like I have to go somewhere freaky and have something freaky for it to even like for me to even get out get out of bed how bad are you well well the freakiness there's a spectrum first of all chris but go ahead i Matt. feel i mean in the food I, in our book food iq yo we like talk about snobbery like food snob and like being a freak i gotta say very is, cool i agree yeah very cool and <laughs> it's a very big problem with food very writing cool. um <laughs> Yeah, very cool. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like there's too much of that happening in food writing, and and you know we really tried to 
with the book like address some of the snobbery that people have? I, I mean, what do you mean by freak though? How 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 exactly did you try to address that? Like frozen fish, man, you can cook with it. Like straight like frozen fish is a great example. Like people would never write about frozen fish, especially like 2012 food writing. Like, I mean, I guess David Chang would write about it just because he's lazy now, but... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think like we want this book, it's like democratizes home cooking in a way, and, and really there's so much snobbery in food, and like it's food is fun, and like we like talk about the microwave, which is a boring-ass subject, and I know it's been covered well, like using your microwave, blah, 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 but mm-hmm. for real, like food writing in 12, I did, I've done this for 15 years, and we were in a different zone, like, that like ten years ago, where we were talking about honestly, like slaving over the over the like farmers market too much, and and not thinking about our readers who are like want to cook. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a bag of frozen corn. We don't have to go to the fucking farmers market. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with the corn. Actually, sorry, what Matt? There's no there's no reason to go to the farmers market. It's hell on earth. <laughs> <laughs> farmers market is the worst. Th- I mean, you you live in New York, so it's a little bit better, I guess. Yeah. But the in LA, it's become it's an excuse. It's like a social thing. Chris, your your opinion on this is a little moot because you've never cooked any vegetable or food in your entire life. So I don't need to I don't need to cook to understand a scene, Jason, and that's what you need to recognize about me. I mean, it's like somebody who's never painted, being like, "Oh, I hate this art supply store. There's a bunch of fucking brushes and paint here." No, 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 no. I think that the the people who go the farmers market has become sort of a signifier of a certain kind of like young upwardly mobile person's weekend yeah that happened in like the 70s or earlier. no 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 i don't think it did i think it's hit i think instagram has ushered it into a new zone matt am i crazy here you're not crazy but i'll say i went to the santa monica farmers market like a year ago i took a photo of some some produce it was a cara cara orange homeboy like he the guy like w- like yelled at me and told me <laughs> to delete my phone like i've been taking some pics of something what? Why? I don't know, man. So I'm, you didn't you didn't upskirt at the farmers market and got caught, and now you want to blame? You. I assume that you didn't buy the Kara Kara. No, I had bought stuff from him. I was upskirting some sumos, some sumo mandarins, and like it was really interesting. And Chris, to answer your question, I think the market has become a bit of an activity, like a social activity. It doesn't have shit to do with the market and the food. But like in New York, like the Union Square Farmers Market is legitimately like a, a holy place. Like yeah, yeah, for sure. Great stuff there, and and you know, up all the farms from upstate New York are, are there. But uh, it's annoying. Yes, it's extremely annoying. One thing I'll say: what we write about in the book is f- the farmers markets have to be expensive. Mm-hmm. Like the reason is we pay so little for produce, especially on the East Coast. Like California produce is a little different. But we just don't pay enough for some of these farmers. It's a lot different, sweetheart. It's a lot different. <laughs> Go ahead. So, man. I- it's actually good. Yeah. Hey. Hey. I mean. Hey. Well, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, a farmer's market becoming like a social experience to enjoy. Like, it's a place where people can buy healthy food and support small business. I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, if, if you're like a, sh- a busy chef who's trying to buy all of your produce for the week, and there's a bunch of TikTokers, you know, blocking your <laughs> your way. Then that's one thing. But like, Bro, I had to, I had to fight Bobby Flay for the last sugar snap peas last time. <laughs> so I don't think you, I, I don't think you understand what we're going through. Because you, do you even go? Do you go anymore, Jason, or not really? Fuck no. <laughs> during Jason- COVID, I stopped going during COVID because you had to wait in line to go to the farmers market, and then I was like. I'm out forever. I'm never coming to the farmer's market ever again. Mm. And also the the problem is there's the, the, the store cookbook here where the produce they get is as good as the produce at the farmer's market. So fuck it. Who cares? And I can go there anytime I want. Chris, do you hang with uh, Brooks Headley? Like that guy is always at the farmer's market speaking to the East Village. No, I don't. I, I'm a big fan of his work, but no, I don't. I've never actually, I've never met him. I've, I've never. Well, that's a guy who him, goes but... to the market legitimately every day. He makes his gelatos and ices directly from that market. And like, he's like not the annoying chef who's there pretty much. I'll say that. No, he's, he, ha- mm. he seems like a hater in a good way, you know, and, <laughs> In a, in a similar, no, I think this. I think this problem is is much worse in L.A. because there's no social. There's like not a lot to do here in the way that New York, you can just walk around. But you know what I mean? It's like you go to Outwater, Jason. We used to go to Outwater on Sunday, and it's like people are putting on their coolest outfits. 
Like it's like mm-hmm. young family with hokas on and a tote bag and a stroller. It's it's that's the vibe, and it's like wall to wall because that's literally our target demographic. Those we can't piss those people. I don't want to see them anywhere. Yeah. I just want them to buy our stuff. I don't need them to. I don't need to. <laughs> just, no, but I mean, I think it's a necessary evil, and I, I agree with you, Jason. Obviously, like the the benefits outweigh the the negatives. To me, as long as I can go to the farmers market, all the stuff that I wanted to get. All my dumbass little sprouts are there, and they're not sold out of my micro celery. <laughs> then yeah. yeah, fuck it, go let all these people sell out of all their shit. Take photos of your stone fruit, put it on Instagram, spread the news. I think that's good because these people are having a hard time, you know, making their ends meet. It is like a line situation now. You're absolutely right. Yeah, as soon as you have to wait in line with all these stroller motherfuckers, I'm out, bro. I'll be at Ralph's. And it's hard to steal from the farmer's market. <laughs> That's kind of yeah, what it really feel, comes down to. It. Or I guess it's not hard. I feel bad. At Jeff Bezos' Whole Food, Jason will stuff a whole a whole bird in his jeans. You know, he's not he's not afraid to walk out <laughs> with, a, with a rotisserie in his right leg of his jinkos. No, 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 no. Frozen pheasant goes right down the jinkos. <laughs> okay, can, can we circle back to the frozen corn thing? I'm just, I got to say, I feel badly about about shutting you down, down no, Jason. No, don't feel bad. Don't that, feel bad. That's I not like, my vibe. I like frozen peas and frozen corn i think it's easier to find some better year round than uh, than going fresh but i'd love to hear your fresh take on it matt well my my point is i think like corn is best fresh like obviously that's that's something that's going to break down in a frozen form but like peas are perfect for frozen like you definitely want to buy frozen peas like because of shelling peas and that th- two week or three week window in may is annoying and it's not great like it's not it's not really going to net the great pea kind of experience that you, they expect. So I, I'm all about. I just, yeah, I set myself up, Chris. I set myself up with that one. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, I just have never thought about a pea experience. Whereas I constantly think about pea experiences. Yeah, I mean, but y- yes, frozen peas are the are the, they translate the best for frozen, fresh to frozen. The window of of ripeness and freshness and seasonality is small. And but you know the same thing for corn. It's only available during some part of the year for the high quality stuff. And number two, shucking it, cleaning it, all that stuff. It's a pain in the ass. And if you can get some really fresh spring, nice like more higher end frozen corn, and not just like supermarket shit. Yeah. Uh, and actually, like you were talking about the microwave before, if you bring it back to life with the microwave well, with a, a a good defrosting, you can get a pretty damn good tasting corn, depending on what your application is. Yeah, and you want like like risotto is perfect for frozen peas. Like risotto, like make a risotto with frozen peas. Don't like worry about the fresh stuff. So, bro, it's twenty twenty two. Nobody's making risotto anymore, are they? I mean, just because this recipe is in your book <laughs> and you're trying to push it, I get that. But are we? Are we're in a we're we're no. in a we're in a post risotto world, aren't we? I don't know if that's true. I don't know. If Matt, that's the true. vibe has shifted. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Do you agree? I agree. Ris- risotto is is fine. Like it's fine. I, 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 but I want to know. You guys are going to be in New York. Do you have uh, dining plans? Can we talk about that? We're going to the grill. We're going to a dinner at the grill. Oh, cool! Nice on an unnamed night. Uh, you know, I'll be getting the pressed <laughs> duck, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that because I've duck. always wanted to. That's the only kind. That's the only kind of restaurant I want to go to. So I'll be hitting that with with Jason. And the then... only type of restaurant he wants to go to is cost way too much money, <laughs> and the food isn't great, but it's expensive. Yeah, I'll hit Sue in, of course, and Balthazar. I had a Balthazar. I had a Balthazar experience recently. The room was hot, of course. I feel the the seafood <laughs> tower is is lacking. The room was hot. <laughs> well, much like the grill. Hot room, don't go there for the food. It's pretty good at grill. Is it not good? I'm sure. I don't know. I've I've never. I'm not. uh, I'm not able to afford the food at the grill, so I haven't tried it yet. (laughs) But I did have, you know, a couple twenty-seven dollar smoked old fashions with, uh, (laughs) you know, a woodpecker's feather in it or some shit like that. You seem pretty. You seem pretty happy with those. Yeah, those were going down a real treat. Jason isn't like going to Brooklyn to have the hot pasta. I don't think unless he's got some. Unless (laughs) no, no, no. When I'm in when I'm in New York, I like to. Live as the New Yorkers do and just kind of cruise around. If if I get hungry, I'll grab a slice. Mm. If this place looks good, I'll give it a try. But to me, it's we like we were talking about yesterday with Avery. Uh, 
what was it called? Media gout. I, I get restaurant gout in New York because there's just so much. <laughs> and it's so easy to build your entire trip around it. If you want to do it quickly, you have to. You'd be like, well, we can't do this lunch on Tuesday because we have this dinner on Tuesday and we're getting dumplings here so we can't get dim sum here and I'll be too full for this. And it's like it's so much more work than I plan or I like to do when I'm on holiday. So I'm just like wherever the wind may blow, blow me. I uh, like that. And my and uh, my life partner hates that, which uh, is understandable. I mean, I live there, so it's different. But like, Jason, even the trip you just went to Mexico, I felt like the whole point was to eat. That that's like what you did. That's right. That's right. And and I, and I just don't care. Like, I want to go to the cool places, but like, I don't care enough to be like, okay, at six p.m. I mean, people have four meals a day, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, what do you do? Like, that can't be good anymore. It can't actually taste good. I mean, when you have like the memo of restaurants, that can be really, really tough. Like you get a sinking feeling. It's like a sinking anxiety when you get those like lists. Like it sucks. It becomes homework and I don't want to do work. I got to kind of give you homework. The Resedora. Resedora. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good transition. Yeah. And I totally get that. You're hundred percent right. But Resedora, what you should do. What is that the name of an app that you make reservations on? Or is this the name of a restaurant? <laughs> Resedora. It's for the nonas. Are you saying that Resi and DoorDash have combined forces? <laughs> <laughs> It's such it's it's good uh, experiential marketing. Oh, no, Resedora is spelled with a Z. Yeah, Resedora. Listen, like I know you've had like a you know checkered pass with Italy following your trip to uh, the Malfi. <laughs> checkered pass. I know that the food and Rome is like you know not awesome. I don't know what you're talking about. But listen, but go ahead. Like Emilia Romagna, that's the that's the spot. I feel for Italy, it's not like a great tourist. Like there's not a lot of shit to do. So this restaurant I went to last night, I just happened to go there with my buddy. It's like really legitimately good, and and the stuffed pastas there. I've never had anything in L.A. like it. I know that that dude with the rolling pin does those pastas, but <laughs> you're talking about the Funk Man. <laughs> yeah, that's Jason's boy, pin, man. <laughs> Jason loves the Funk Man. Well, I just tried to make a reservation for Sunday, and there's nothing available at Resador. You got the plug, Resador. You got the plug, bro. Come on, I could try. <laughs> That doesn't sound confident, Matt. (laughs) So you ate there alone, Dua Lipa style? No, I went with my uh, couple friends last night, and uh, it's it's on East 20th. It's on East 20th. Mm. It's right by Gramercy Tavern, so you could actually hit up Gramercy Tavern and have a drink there while you're waiting. Around the corner from G-Tav? That's my spot, Jason, Jason, you could have the nice tasting menu at... uh, at the tavern and then head over just do a double dinner you know really get we it we call out. it that's a louis ck style bang bang love that guy I, I, so there is there is a korean spot that i like to go to with friend of the show david cho oh yeah where they where they serve um grilled intestines and that's probably you know that's a that's a don't miss experience in new york <laughs> dining for me and there's also a bun me uh bang me saigon uh yeah. a, a bang me spot in, in chinatown you've been there before it's delicious i'll shout out uh, uh her name is han i i think you're talking about Gupchung story that's the spot that you go to for the intestine yes yes uh, i think Ooh. her name is han i wrote a book about korean food a few years ago with my buddy dookie and we i mean no plugs we, no plugs we went to her, her name is han um that spot that's was sick at places we went there a lot and that place is really good it's on 31st street I feel it feels like soul a lot. It's good. Mm-hmm. I just I like I like places where there's a there's a goal and there's a direction and it's very clear and Korean food does that where it's like here you are, here's where you're sitting, this is the menu, there's three things, everyone orders this one thing and start power drinking now versus <laughs> just the bullshit of like <laughs> well the chef likes to have all the all the orders in at once and he'll pace it out and we'll do the whole cauliflower and then we'll do the the bison ribs and it's you're just and it and it takes so long and you're just like all right hurry up it takes an hour to get mm-hmm. the martini and you're over it the Koreans just do it better that's because all waiters talk too much <laughs> they want to they, they want to explain to you how they do it differently or how it's going to come like do you think I, I obviously don't have a choice in how the food's going to come out so you just bring it to me chief <laughs> like if it, you, you know what I mean like it's like you don't if you do it differently here if it comes out as it's ready or if we it's family like I don't like I have no say in this like I'm ordering from this menu and I'm paying for the food it's going to come out however you fucking feel like it so so I don't know why you want to explain it to me because I can't I don't what is my what is my recourse or is it just information gathering yeah it'd be cool if you could if, if, if like the chef actually asked that you order everything at once so he can course it out and can you just be like i ask that he doesn't 
yeah like what's the like like what is my what is my what is my comeback for yeah Chaos. like what's, what, what is my comeback no i want the chips and guacamole at the end how about that tell him to go fuck himself <laughs> like there's no there's there's no there's no there's no way this is gonna work i want the flourless chocolate lava cake as my amuse bouche <laughs> What now? <laughs> yeah, what about that? Actually, speaking of guacamole, Matt, I saw in the friend of the show, Wall Street Journal, you <laughs> posted a how to make a uh, a guacamole, and I think the big game is coming up this Sunday. <laughs> I would like to know what you. Uh, I'd like to know what you do to make your guacamole uniquely uniquely Matt. Because Matt, you know, Jason has a famous TJ guacamole as well. No. I mean, it's not famous, but what's the one? There's the the lima bean one from whatchamacallit, Chris? Oh, from the being green? canceled in the New York Times, that one? Yeah, that one. There's that one. There's like, there's a rare blue cheese guacamole. Oh, blue cheese guacamole? Up. Who's, who's, is that like Guy Fieri or is that a real wow. chef? Yeah, I saw it on some like, I mean, like literally from like being a teen watching Food Network and I saw, you know, it was probably Bobby Flay or some bullshit. They're like make, making a guacamole with blue cheese and I was like, this is the most twisted thing ever but also i love guacamole and i love blue cheese i'll give it a try and it's one of those like you either love it or you hate it type of things and i i thought it was pretty interesting well we wrote this article in new york Times, or sorry in the wall street journal and, and it was like a uh an excerpt from our book and, and we in the book write about guacamole a real favorite of ours and it's best with le- less is more like it's best with like lime and cilantro salt and then great avocados that's the headline of course, we added something because that's what annoying food writers do. You put your foot in it, don't you, bro? Well, I mean, we we say this is it. Like basically, you put your whole fucking boot in that guacamole. This is this is it. It's it's mayonnaise and like oh, okay, like oh, ooh, let's damn, go, you let's took go. you took let's your blundstone and you shoved mayonnaise into this guacamole. Know, that's crazy, bro. So we couched it with this idea, like we the creamy texture. Basically, the worst guacamole is under seasoned guacamole, right? Like that's the worst mm-hmm. when you go to a party and it's like there's no salt. Guac tip number one. You 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 should always add more salt. I think so, or Worcestershire. That's another thing, but that's that's another another Ooh. day. You guys are fucked up. I know. No, no, this is good. This is all good. I support. You put a piece of bacon in it too. What are we talking about here? Like, no, 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 Chris. No, no, no. Sorry about my co-host Matt. <laughs> he doesn't. I'm so. He I'm doesn't so understand <laughs> mayonnaise like we do. So Matt, tell me what the mayonnaise does besides the creamy texture. Of course, it adds a little bit of that salt that you need, and it. It just it does kind of whip it up a little bit in a way that I feel if you're gonna have like a guacamole on chip for like one or two bites, you gotta have like a little bit more. I I, I like it's kind of like the crema style that you get in taqueria sometimes that, that guacamole sauce. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of a riff on that too. So so mayonnaise being added for the for the salt level, not that's not what I would expect you to say. The issue is that you you sometimes under season if you're just doing it with lime and cilantro. So like if you're adding a dollop of, of mayonnaise, you're you're adding mm-hmm. the seasoning, you're adding the texture. It's kind of like the idea is it's adding a multiple things to this guacamole that might be a little little bad and flabby. Mm-hmm. I like Worcestershire too. I didn't flabby. write about that. Uh, Jason, what's your what's your guacamole? I I'm, I'm the same as you. I like. Exactly exactly what you said i do sometimes like to add tomato but uh you know only when it's really good but yeah it has to you know super simple really good avocados salt lime onion sometimes i'll i like garlic and tomato and what's the other one that sometimes i like shit i forgot tomatillo <laughs> oh I mean, no like uh raw jalapenos oh right yeah. oh a jalapeno i don't know if i've ever had that nice. that twisted version That's i think nice. it's like pretty that. standard to have jalapenos in your guacamole it's not it's not that crazy i, I thought there was like some traditionalist bends to this discourse like i thought it was like even adding tomato could be considered a step too yeah, potentially, far. Potentially, potentially, in, in a chunk, in a chunky variety. But we're in mayonnaise country, so we're way past that. Brother. <laughs> yeah, but we, I, yeah, I, yeah, I love mayonnaise as well as Worcestershire sauce. Uh, so I support both of those add-ins. I love, I love when people get creative with the avocados. You know what I mean? I think it's like a, I don't, I don't like it when they get creative with avocados. Oh, really? You don't like avocado toast, Jason? Come on now, don't lie. I don't know if that's super creative. I'm more of like I don't, I don't like. <laughs> I don't like warm or hot or cooked avocado. Uh, I know a lot of people like an avocado tempura, for example. And I think that, that heating an avocado, to me, is 
Trey, disgusting. But Chris, I was saying in New York, there's this thing like if you go to those like buffets, like those like really weird like lunch buffets that have like up like 85 items. There's this thing in New mm-hmm. York that you never see anywhere else. It's like the half avocado with like a um like a soy sauce. Do you know what I'm talking about, or am I what? just like a? Are you saying like a soy sauce in the where the pit would be? So so you're saying this is an avocado. Where the hole is just filled with loose soy sauce, or a ponzu, or something like 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 a sauce. It could be a yuzu. But it, but it, but I feel I'm I'm am more concerned with viscosity levels here because that's a that's a runny little girl. And once you do one bite into the avocado, we're squirting everywhere. Buyer beware. Salad dressing. That's one thing. Matt, you're saying this is good. You're saying this is like a must. Matt, can try? you say on record whether or not this is good? I would believe this is good. <laughs> Chris, yeah. do you care about the calorie content of avocado? I know that's a thing that people mm, are, are, are a little concerned with. I've been told that it's good fat. Am I wrong? You are correct, but it also has a lot of calories in it. So if you're a calorie counter, it can be tough. Luckily for you, Jason, I'm not really a calorie counter, but now that you've told me that, I'll never eat avocado again. So <laughs> th- thanks for that. Note. I love the beautiful flavor of the avocado. But- no, no, no. I think it's good, and I think uh, avocado is an anti-bloating, uh, anti-bloating <laughs> shut, quality. Shut the fuck up. Fellas, as we get up there in those ages, you know what I mean? We'll take all the help we can get. Matt, Jason thinks every food is non-bloating. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't I don't know if you have any I didn't say any... every food. Celery root is is at the top of my list. Yeah, Jason, actually, let's talk about this drink. So we went to Squirrel yesterday, Matt, for a meeting, and Jason ordered oh. Jason ordered this. What was that drink that you had, Jason? It was it was a kefir elixir made with pink celery and baby's breath baby's baby hands what's that what's the fucked up orange or the fucked up lemon that looks like fingers oh yeah i know what you're talking about matt come on help me out come on matt my brain is right i don't know man this is like some california citrus that like, buddha's guys- buddha's hand buddha's hand oh, buddha's hands yeah yeah you've seen that that's the freakiest citrus in the whole fucking you guys your place. citrus game is good oh hell yeah i sucked down three tangies this morning like it was nothing ah <laughs> like a fucking boss <laughs> but this drink this drink, okay yeah like so it was like buddha's hand pink celery and kefir you know it was definitely pre-made in a glass bottle it was definitely seven eight dollars it was definitely delicious. What is what is kefir again? Matt? <laughs> Jason doesn't know. <laughs> it's fermented dairy. It's it's like a it's a, a yogurt oh, uh, second cousin. Damn, right? so you're saying so you're saying I had dairy? That's not anti bloat. It's a fermented milk drink, but I think when you have it in that situation, they strain out the the milk solids and then you're just drinking mm. the water that has the the bacteria bonded with it and then that bacteria is a is a good probiotic for your gut health i understand no it did seem help but it tasted good i have to say it did taste good wait so no pastries at squirrel you guys squirrel you guys had like just no i i had a crispy rice bowl of course jason had a pay what i had you- the brioche toast run it through the garden chicago oh God, style there. i love the brioche toast yeah, the crispy rice with sor- sorrel is like that's a, like an all that's an all universe dish, man. That sorrel rice bowl, I love that place. We're, yeah, Matt's going on record; he's a squirrel lover. We said before you're not allowed to make a, a mold joke unless it's a home run. And do you have any home run mold jokes while we're there? That mold thing that that bummed me out. I, I can't. I can't even joke. I, I I'm like <laughs> no mold jokes. No, absolutely not. <laughs> he's like absolutely not. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But I was thinking about squirrel yesterday since we obviously were just at squirrel. And I was in the, I was, I had carrot cake on the brain, Matt. You know how it gets sometimes. And I was thinking, you know, when you get a nice layer of cake, you'll have like the cake, you slice it, you put a little layer of frosting, another layer of cake. Sometimes they'll do like a little fruit or a jam in between the layers. You with me so far, Matt? I, I follow the, the thread. It's great. What jam are you talking about? Let's say instead of the jam, you know, we have a carrot cake, a standard cream cheese frosting, of course, right? Anything else would be uncivilized. But then. A uh, a thin layer of that sorrel or a carrot top kind of sweet pesto in between the layers. What do you think about this so far, Matt? We're works- <laughs> well, first off, like a call back to the cream cheese. I mean, man, you, is this Philadelphia cream cheese? Yeah, it's Philadelphia, but it's from a normal tub. It's whipped up a little bit, and it's at room <laughs> exactly. temperature the way Americans deserve it. Are there other are there other cream cheese hotspots, or is Philadelphia kind of known? They're the Martin's potato of cream cheese. They have the whole market sewn up. 
I can't get a special like Tucson cream cheese that's got like cactus in it or something. It's all Tucson cream cheese. This man naming <laughs> different cities. Oh hell no! I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there's a great artisan cream cheese out there somewhere at a farmer's market in Maine by some something Frog Hollow Creamery Lab Laboratories or something. It's probably great, but. You know, everyone just uses Philly. I, I like I like the workshop, Jason. I feel sorrel, uh, an herbaceous riff with carrot cake feels modern. <laughs> Why is that so funny, Chris? Because he's because you're so was modern stupid. being used a derogatory way or I think Matt is being very nice and entertaining. Some of your okay, maybe less of a sorrel and more because sometimes depending on seasonality, they'll flip flop between a sorrel pesto and a carrot top pesto. Obviously, a carrot top would be more on brand for a carrot cake. I think if you tone down the sweetness in a carrot cake, carrot cake, you get the winner because that's the biggest knock on it for people who are like carrot cake, like they like think it's middle a middling pastry. I feel like you're doing something that's that's going to work uh, by by dialing down the sweetness, bringing in an interesting single ingredient. What what about what about people like me who think that vegetables have no place in the dessert case? No, Chris, you've <laughs> eaten some like zucchini bread and shit before, right? No, hell no, bro. I don't want none of that. No, dessert is chocolate and peanut butter. Those are the two things that are dessert. Oh. Chris, are you saying it's gay to eat vegetable dessert? Yes, I am. Actually, that's exactly what I'm saying. No, so no carrot cake, no zucchini bread. I think that's pretty. That's much about. Right. it i'm just saying like okay. why would you not get a delicious piece of i mean i also think cream cheese should stay out i, I don't i'm not a red velvet cat either oh no 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 cream no, cheese no. is is in the mayonnaise family for me matt i'm sorry to break your heart i don't fuck with the stuff i don't touch the stuff yeah. many people don't is that true i feel like they're both very popular white spreadables no, no no i mean obviously they're very popular but there's a whole world of people out there who can't handle anything creamy no ranch dressing no mayonnaise no, you know, and all of these, you know, cream cheese, it's all disgusting to them. They've never stepped foot in the Midwest. That's I think why. that's me. I just discovered. It's like the cilantro rule. 20% of people. No, you've always been like that. I know so many people who like the thought of putting like ranch or blue cheese on your salad is like vomit level asinine to them. What know? about pizza ranch, uh, Jason? Uh, I haven't talked to you about this. Pizza ranch, do you are you into that? If uh if I'm if I'm a bit on the hungover side and I'm eating a regular just kind of fastball down the middle pepperoni pizza, mm-hmm. I got a Coca-Cola in a bottle. The ranch is a welcome addition. Uh I love I love it. It's just a guilty pleasure. It just works. I have no problem with it. Yeah, it's the right answer. It's the Ugh. correct answer. I think de- right Detroit answer. Detroit style ranch pizza is like oh, yeah. probably the top pizza outside of New York style, obviously. But yeah, I mean it's it's the perfect. I think ranch on pizza is like so perfect when you got the the right, uh, you know, the right sauce, the right sauce. I think. Yeah, it's the same way I was saying. Like you, were there certain foods where you're like, I just have to drink a Coca Cola with this. I don't know why. I don't know how. Mm. It's the flora and fauna in your body. It's where you're at mentally in your life at that moment, and it's the type of food you're about to eat. Sometimes you're like, I just need a Coke, and sometimes you just need that ranch to kind of uh, complete the circle. Matt, what what are you, what what's off your? What will you not fuck with? Like, what are you? Like, I won't eat mayonnaise. I won't eat ranch. I won't eat a lot of things. Obviously, I have a lot of problems. He only he doesn't do Hokkaido urchin. It's only Santa Barbara. That's that's, <laughs> yeah, that's that, probably that's my right. only one. Yeah. What do you? Yeah, what do you got, Matt? That's a good question. Like for real, for real, it's it's water packed tuna, man. I mean, tuna <laughs> should be packed in oil. I, I feel <laughs> water packed tuna is the so bad it's so bad <laughs> matt said matt said oh 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 mayonnaise like water packed tuna <laughs> matt matt said i'm taking this down to the foodies i'm sorry when you have a water packed tuna the water is in the can and then you just take the water and you pour it down the drain and then that's it but the oil when the oil soaks in the fishy flavor it's so fishy and then you, you what do you do with that oil you can't put it down the drain. Well, you got to drain the oil off. I agree. I just feel when you're cooking with tuna, I mean, yes, you can you can take water packed tuna and add a bunch of stuff like mayonnaise, for example. But I feel like if you're going to be having tuna in, and wanting to eat that flavor of tuna, mm-hmm. don't add it with mayonnaise. I mean, you, use the oil pack. So so if I just want to make a tuna fish sandwich on, on bread at my house, what do I do? I mean, Ortiz, man. The olive oil packed tuna, Ortiz brand, and, and do... Uh, uh, I don't like the mayonnaise style tuna salad. I like it with uh, 
Oh. oh no, is that you're not feeling it? All right, Matt, it was great talking to you. <laughs> oh, yo, come on. The yeah, the food IQ is available <laughs> nah. in stores now. <laughs> nah. <laughs> no, nah, bro, bro, no, nah, bro. Come on. No, puppy, no. You guys are both gross is the my takeaway. You guys are both nasty. Okay, so you don't go to just you don't go to a nice American diner, get a little tuna melt and onion nah, rings. I'm sorry. You're like, oh sorry, is this from uh the Biarritz region of the south of France? Oil packed tuna? Oh, no, I don't ask for like the the brand name, but I just feel tuna is such a great. I love the like tin fish. Like conservas are great, and I think tuna is just it's like messed with when you when you add all that mayonnaise to it. Not not tin fi- not tin I fish, know. Matt. We're not. not do you live fish, on a bro. do you live on a boat? I mean, you know, like is this? I just don't understand. What do you like, what do you think about? I mean, I'm the, I'm in the same boat. Tin fish is cool. Obviously, it's having a big moment right now. But to me, it's like if I'm going to eat the fish in a tin. Oh, you're going into the agreement that it is not going to be as good as fresh for sure. So why am I spending $22 for a can of tinned octopus that was, you know, packed sometime in 2017? <laughs> the, the agreement with tinned fish is that it's cheap. So I can't handle the ones where it's like $20 for, oh, for a Oh, I don't know, fish. buddy. I, Jason, I don't agree with that. I, I, I feel like, <laughs> especially like Portugal and Spain, the, like tinned fish is, is not cheap and it's like its own food category, and I feel like yeah, the like tinned octopus for like a, a small snack or like if you're entertaining, I feel like that's a great look. Like to have bring out some tin fish. I know that like the nouveau branding, the heavily branded brands can be a little annoying, but I feel like the 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 root of it is like this is gorgeous seafood that's like really freshly caught and. And they're 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 packing it with like a lot of care and mm. so you say they're 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 treating it like my favorite frozen peas kind of <laughs> picked at the perfect optimal freshness and ripeness handled with care and packaged and preserved to enjoy with your family. I agree. And like, who doesn't want a sardine from like the the, the Basque region, right? Me, me. That's <laughs> that's who. No, but you're right. If you're gonna have a if you're gonna have a sardine out of a can, it should be from the Basque region. I, I will agree with that. Even I know that, and I'm dumb. Yeah, but to me, I'm thinking canned sardines, and that's like that's what models eat when they don't have enough money for smoothies. I don't know, it's not something that that my American mouth has ever craved, and I know that I'm in a minority in that world. But do you drink like a little? Do you have like aperitivo or like appetizers on like outside and shit like that? Like I feel like it's just like the per- it's just there. It's perfect, just sitting there in your in your cupboard, and it's ready for entertaining. I, yeah, I do think I see. Yeah, that I guess side you're right for sure. Yeah, yeah that that part is I nice. I, I like, and I I'll take back what I said. I like a lot of these new brands. I was being a little like annoyed. Like, I was just annoyed with some of the artwork. We were rubbing off on you a little bit. You you thought you had to do a little shit talking no, to impress us? No, I, no, no, no. I wasn't no. It's all that good, way. Bro. No, I, I I just feel like the brands are great and like they they're bringing these cool products to uh, a wide audience. So I have no I have no d- distrust. It in these seems products. like it seems like the market might already be saturated. To be honest, like it seems like I I don't even like any of this stuff, and I I see I feel like I see new ones every day. What's worse? What's worse, Chris? That market. Or the non-alcoholic spirit market. Oh, it's a it's a it's a neck and neck competition for the bottom. <laughs> oh, I can go in on that. I don't. I'm not a drinker <laughs> myself, and I I actually I feel like some of those NA spirits are just such trash, man. I I, I don't understand it one bit. I really don't. I write about this. I I don't understand it. So you said you were not a drinker. Yeah, yeah. I I haven't. I don't drink. It's been like six years. I, I'm not a. I'm not a drinker. Um. There's like one good NA product out there. It's called the Phony Negroni. <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, I can't try that based on the name, but I do. Be- I do believe you. Like I'm sure. I think that this. Maybe you can agree with me because this is my thing. I understand why they exist and who they're for, and it's not for me. You know, like a lot of music. You know, I understand it's just not for me. But I think that like. Any, I mean, I don't know if you're like sober, sober or not, but I am. And I think that most people I know drink water. You know what I mean? Or a, or a Coke. Bitters and soda as far as you would go. Yeah. Do you do bitter soda, Chris? No, that's not. That's against the rules, actually. That's against the rules. Because there's there's trace elements of alcohol in the yeah, bitters. Okay. Yeah. And it's also like it doesn't it doesn't taste that good. I like it. As a as a former drinker, do you think there's something to be said or like it's the like the missing element with non-alcoholic beverages or spirits is that that kind of like alcohol burn yep it's kind of like the impossible meat conundrum of like 
what's the uncanny valley to cross over where you get that actual alcohol burn or sting where it's like, yes, I hate myself, but without getting drunk, you know, do you think that'll ever happen? Well, I agree with you. That's especially if you're starting a meal or starting in a, like if you need something to wind down and you want that like bitter astringent savory hit that like a bourbon or gin would get you yeah but i'm not even talking about the bitterness or astringency i'm talking about just like the the burn that only literal alcohol (laughs) can give you on the back of your throat where it's like like it really you know it kind of knocks your legs out from under you and lets you know what time it is kind of thing it changes it it shifts the vibe the truth i i don't know i i feel once you step away from it and i'm just speaking on like a culinary level like just the flavor level you can really get that satisfaction Mm -hmm. of the burn that you're talking about with the right drink because i think you're trying to it's you're, you're obviously very uh conditioned uh, as a drinker, to have a certain response to that first cocktail at a at a dinner party or a cocktail party, so I, I don't know. There's like a certain uh, there's certain products that really do that, and or certain drinks that do that. But I know this, Chris. This isn't really your world. I know you know that's a, it's a different way of looking. I look at it more from the culinary point of view. I guess totally. No, no. I mean that makes sense. I mean I think that is achievable. I just think that I have also just kind of condition myself whereas i drink water and coffee and those are basically the two things and anything else at this point kind of tastes too sweet to me no matter what it is it's really weird like anything like a sip of a i haven't had a sip of a coca-cola in five years probably like it doesn't interest me i I don't know i have a ginger ale every once in a while um but that's mainly if i'm sick medicinal purposes everything's too sweet you know every i mean obviously i know things are also bitter and there's many flavors in our beautiful world <laughs> yeah i think one, once you stop eating sweet stuff you really sort of your palate changes and you you you, yeah. you know it's like when you eat really healthy and you and then you eat wendy's your body goes on fucking chernobyl meltdown which is a good thing. Once I stopped eating dessert, I think that's maybe part of it too. But you said chocolate and peanut butter. It got me thinking, Chris. It got me thinking about chocolate and peanut butter and like re- like seasonal Reese's. Like, do you hit one of those like once in a while? Like once. Unfortunately, that's not how. That's unfortunately not how it works for me. <laughs> I have to. I have to cut things out cold turkey. But are you kidding me? I would love to have a fucking Reese's, uh, you know, Christmas tree shape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also where where i grew up we called it a reese's not a reese's i i guess i've been called out for that before there's no wrong way well matt said it first i did i, I led with it on midwest so i said reese's that's me so that's on me do you know that it's called reese in canada for legitimately it's called reese oh like legally there's no apostrophe s. there's no apostrophe s <laughs> legally in the country of canada the government removed the apostrophe Damn, that's crazy. unwillingly <laughs> i sure could go for a reese right now it doesn't feel right <laughs> what does feel right in Canada? You know the band Sloan. That feels right. I, I'll go. Oh, okay. I'll go to the Matt Hard. That is the greatest band in the world. Sloan, bro. Wow, you just reached deep into your bag for that one. I haven't uh, thought about pornographers. Maybe a distant second, but fucking Sloan is like honestly thirty years. I will. There's a great podcast called Sloancast. It sounds terrible, but I highly <laughs> recommend it. They go through every album. I mean, do you have to like Sloan to like the podcast, or is it just one of those? It's that good. I was asking uh, sarcastically. Yeah, I know you were. This is, I, I, but I, but I'm unsarcastically answering it just to kind of ga- gaslight you into liking the band Sloan because it is truly the greatest band. Yeah, Sloan is cool, man. Sloan is cool. I like I like Sloan, but Canada's given us you're gonna you're gonna take Sloan over Bieber. That's crazy. But I mean, <laughs> I, I would take Feist over Sloan to be honest. Well, let's talk about you your book. Actually, no, we're all out of time, Matt. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, Food IQ it. It asks, it answers questions about food and cooking that are not necessarily Googleable, um, which is sort of like that that little fringe of cooking information that will kind of pushes you from a, uh, a a good amateur home cook to somebody who actually understands it with you know in, in more of a three dimensional world. So, what are some of these questions that are not necessarily Googleable? Well, I feel it's true. We we didn't want to write bo- a book about Googleable questions because that's not a cool book. But we we feel like people are talking about food more than ever. Obviously, like we've just talked about Reese for the past like fifty minutes. <laughs> but like <laughs> food culture is not just about cooking. I feel like if you are at a, a a meeting and like you're like presenting to a client and like half the people in that room are going to know about like kosher salt, like for real, it like. 
that's like legit. So mm-hmm. we wanted to address questions that we feel were at the tip of everyone's tongue. We call it like the foodie 2.0. Like we've like the foodies have truly won like legitimately. Um, and so these questions are like not just like it's okay to use MSG. Um, we talk about the different types of olive oils to use. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's and the cool thing about Food IQ is we definitely want people to cook these recipes because each question answer includes a recipe. So sure. there's actually some like practical information there. We talk about the farmer's market a lot, actually. Mm. Talk about like coffee. I mean, for us, the book is uh, really um, not just for home cooks, which I think appeals maybe to Chris a little bit because I know you're not a big cook, but dude, like. I know you think about food once in a while. I love ingredients. You know what I mean? So I do. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I live an ingredient-forward lifestyle, and I think there's something in this book for me as far as that stuff goes. Legit. We have a, a, we have a chapter called Ingredients. <laughs> Perfect. We, oh, yeah. And um, we just we think that you know everyone, when they're food shopping, like they want to know about soy sauce. And a lot of cookbooks, they either talk down because they're written from a, a, a top of a mountain, which fine. More than fine. More than fine, great. I mean, I love books. I, I, but I, I feel like there's a, there's this really this need for a book that um, addresses these questions that um, the modern foodie wants to. I, I mean, I'm embracing that term, by the way. You, you hear it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all for it. It's just uh, they're there and they're in our world, and we want to address them. So yeah, yeah. So so like some of the questions, you know, some of the broad ones, you know, fresh versus dry herbs. Who's, you know, what's the difference between Parmigiano Reggiano and Pecorino Romano? Like you said, like there's, you know, what's my olive oil strategy? That sentence like jumped out to me as like this. That's unfortunately how I also talk. (laughs) I would say that I would ask that question out loud to somebody. So that's when I knew I was like, okay, I, I, I fully understand what this book is about. And I think there's a lot of people who are teetering on foodie 1.0, foodie 2.0, you know, take it to the next step because all those little pieces of information are are what you kind of judge each other on of like, oh, this person knows their stuff versus not so much. Yeah, 100%. And like once you like unpack a few of these these answers, there's a, like a real joy to understanding about like coffee and understanding about pour over coffee and, and the way coffee is undervalued and how $6 is a great – like. Probably too cheap for coffee, uh, and so we, we we just address these questions. I mean, the olive oil question, for example, like we we think there's three types of olive oil. There's a there's a fin- there's a cooking olive oil, mm-hmm. and then there's a finishing olive oil. Then there's like a fine olive oil, and we we go into each one like why why you should buy each one. Wait, is the fine olive oil just for drinking straight only? Yeah, <laughs> just do it. Yeah, what, what's the difference between a finishing olive oil and a fine olive oil? Is it like the like the 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 G wagon and then the AMG G wagon? Like they're both excellent cars, but one's just a little more luxurious. One's really really spicy. Like certain olive oils, you mm. want to have that have that really deep like spiciness that you only want to put on very very specific like uh, like finishing like a salad, for example. Like you really want mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like like olive, but there, you, you definitely want your workhorse cooking olive oil too. And you can't really you don't want to like interchange them. So that's like that to us is like an important question because everyone's cooking with olive oil all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about MSG, man. Like straight up, MSG is like a very common question, but we're not just like saying it's okay to use MSG, which is kind of a tired subject yeah. in food media. Because obviously it's okay because it's everywhere. What we are talking about is MSG. You actually cook with it, mm-hmm. but you're not cooking with it. You're not just shaking MSG onto a dish. You're cutting it. So our ratio is a quarter teaspoons of MSG for one tablespoon of kosher salt. Okay. So like you're replacing salt with MSG? Well, you're having this blend. So you're like having like a, like a second little MSG uh, salt uh Urn and you're you're putting that into like I would say like uh, if you're finishing so you're so you're making your own savory salt at home yeah you're making a savory salt and you're using it and you're using it you know uh, like we have it we, ceviche ceviche is great with Ooh, this MSG yeah, salt yeah, 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 like because yeah. ceviche lime like raw fish lime and this MSG salt that Dan my uh, co- my co-author uh, learned it from Peruvian chef and it, this amazing dish and I, I think. MSG, you can't just like 
throw it into anything, right? You got to use it sparingly and with a with a concerned eye. Yeah, Yeah. the number one rule of MSG. Chris knows this. You can always add more. You can never take it out. That's right, Jason. That's right. I know a lot about that. Thank you for mentioning that. (laughs) All right, Matt. Well, thank you for taking the time to chat with us. Food IQ is out. Uh, available everywhere now, right? It is, and uh, foodiq.co is the website. Um, and honestly, guys, I'm a, I'm a fan of your show. I, I really appreciate what you do. It's really fun, and I know Avery yesterday was also saying she's a goner. <laughs> so shout to what you do. I, I don't think you should have to like say why you're popular. I think that was funny. Right? <laughs> <laughs> why are you popular? <laughs> like, I mean, straight up, I hope you get a TV show. Uh, I hope you do that. We love you, Matt. We love you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening, and, and thank you for sending the book over and uh, we'll talk to you soon absolutely